This is Jessica Ortner, and I'll soon be joined by my brother Nick. Our time together is dedicated to feeling good within all of life's complexities. We'll be going through a wandering path, exploring topics like spirituality, productivity, and personal fulfillment. Because happiness is not a destination, it's an adventure. So welcome to Adventures in Happiness. Hello, guys, and welcome to episode nine. It's Jessica here, and I am actually not going to be joined by my brother, Nick. As many of you know, he has a brand new baby, my little niece, June, and uh, he's busy with the baby. He's busy with work. I couldn't get him to do the podcast. Giving him an attitude about it didn't help. So here I am recording it on my own. But honestly, um, it's probably best because this episode is a very personal episode. You may have noticed that I've been a little bit quiet on social media. We missed a week with the podcast, and that's because there has been a lot going on in my life. And I wanted to share just an inside look around what has been going on in hopes that it also serves you. Because when it comes to life, things aren't so different. We all go through pretty similar journeys. They may look completely different, but I think the highs and the lows and the questioning yourself and questioning your decisions, I think all of us at some point experience that. So if you are brand new to this episode, if you have no idea who I am, this is not going to be interesting because this is me being personal about my life. Uh, Check out some of the other great interviews with experts. And all right, here we go. So Right now, I am recording, and I am in a new house that I just moved into. I have an ocean view. I am blissfully happy, and uh, I'm in shock that this is where I am. So I'm telling you right now that the end of the story is a happy one. But let's rewind a little bit to uh, how I kind of got to this position in a time that wasn't really so... Uh, easy for me. This year has been incredibly challenging um, and really rewarding at the same time. Last year, as many of you know, I came out with my first book and it was an incredible experience. It's an incredibly sensitive topic. I talk about weight loss and body confidence. And my take on it is that we're living in a world where we have it backwards, that you don't gain confidence from weight loss. It's gaining confidence in yourself, seeing your own worth that leads not just to weight loss, but creating a relationship in your body where you support your body, you befriend your body, you work with your body instead of feeling like you're constantly in a battle. So I came out with the book, The Tapping Solution for Weight Loss and Body Confidence, last May. Incredibly rewarding, incredibly challenging. Again, really sensitive topic, trying to bring that message across in sound bites when I'm on Fox News and in Women's Health Magazine. I got great publicity, but it always felt a little bit of a struggle to not make this seem like some gimmick. You know, tapping really does work with weight loss. It really does work with body confidence, but there's such depth in this book. And so here I am with this book, and I'm obviously nervous. It's my first book, and it hits the New York Times bestseller list. I'm incredibly happy about it. I'm working very hard, and I'm also very tired. And um, then in June, yeah, so this must have been June, Argentina gets into the semifinals of the World Cup. 
For those of you who don't know, I was born in Argentina and am obsessed with football, with soccer. And when I found out that Argentina made it into the semifinals, when I watched the quarterfinal game, I got a call from my dad's cousin who lives in New York. And he said, I know this is crazy, but I know someone who can get us tickets to see the semifinal. Do you want to come? Right away, I said yes. Incredibly long story short, we ran to the embassy, convinced them to give us visas by 4 o'clock, and left that next night to Brazil. I saw Argentina win in penalty kicks in the pouring rain. It was one of the best days of my life. I'm not even exaggerating. It was incredible. Then after that, we decide, since Argentina is just you know an hour or two away from Sao Paulo, we got a flight and we went there and we... Um, I wanted to spend time with my family. And so here I am on this massive high of Argentina winning the World Cup. And I get to Argentina, and the day that I arrive, I find out that my uncle, my beloved uncle, who I loved so much, I still love so much, was diagnosed with terminal four cancer. And he didn't have much time. And the day that I got there, he had the diagnosis in the morning. He'd been in the hospital for quite a long time. And the doctor had sent him to go back home to Bariloche. So I missed, so I missed him. Um, so I wasn't able to see him. And I, I heard this news. And it was a really big high from the World Cup to this really low, low. And when I got home uh, to New York City, I remember walking into my apartment and lying on the couch and just feeling complete exhaustion and incredibly sad and Part of me, I just had this voice inside of me that said, you know, life is short. When, when you have someone around you be diagnosed with terminal four cancer, if you have a, a death in the family, the, the beauty of death is that it's a reminder of your own mortality. And so it makes you stop and question the decisions you're making. It makes you stop and ask yourself, is this the life I really want? Or have I just got caught up in what's normal and what's comfortable? And lying there on the couch, I just thought, I'm, I don't want to be in New York City anymore. I look at my life and it's great, but there is this intuitive voice that is saying that like I'm dissatisfied and I don't quite know why, but I just know something needs to change. So after thinking about it for a long time, I decide that I'm going to move to California. The problem is, when I uh, got my book advance, I thought the responsible thing to do was to put the money aside for my rent, and I paid a chunk of my rent in full. I couldn't get out of it. And so there I was, stuck in New York. Also, all of my family is uh, on the East Coast, all of my friends. A lot of the work things I do are on the East Coast. So when I made this decision, it didn't seem rational and it didn't seem logical. It seemed really crazy and it seemed impossible. But I was on a mission to figure out how to make this work. And I had to let go of what other people thought. You know, I realized one of the things that when I was doing a previous Tapping World Summit, I interviewed Carol Tuttle about how to use tapping to make a decision. And one of the blocks that she mentioned is that we have trouble making a decision because we care so much about what other people think. And if you can tap to release the need of approval from someone else, to release um, permission to do something from someone else, then the answer really becomes clear. 
because at the same time, I knew I, there was something inside of me that was saying, move to California. But there was another voice that was very strong as well saying, don't be crazy, be reasonable. You'll, you'll get through whatever this is. So I did a lot of tapping. Um, I tapped on, on just the fears that it might not work, the fear that other people would think I was crazy or that people would think something was wrong with me for just leaving so abruptly. Um, I did some tapping. It really helped. I decided to go forward. And then it's like when I really made the decision that I wanted to move to California, everything lined up for me. So suddenly I had a friend who needed an apartment and she was willing to sublet my apartment. And, you know, I could do my Hay House radio show and everything else I was working on. I could set it up in California. So that all came together and I moved to California thinking that this is the answer, thinking that, okay, I'm trusting my intuition. So I'm going to land in California. I'm going to enjoy the sunshine and I'm going to be so happy and everything is just going to feel better. And I get to California and it's the opposite. I become incredibly homesick. I really miss my family. I don't have many friends and I feel completely unmotivated. You know, there's so many projects I could be working on, so many things I could do, but all of a sudden it's like, I have zero motivation, and on top of that, I just feel exhausted all of the time. I just feel so, so tired. Looking back, I think what happened was I was just moving so fast in New York City that it's like the moment my body knew that I could take a break, every symptom came up, and I just was exhausted, and it was my body trying to tell me, okay, you haven't been taking care of me as well as you thought that you were taking care of me. And so I end up going to a wedding, and... Before the wedding, I get this excruciating stomach pain, just the worst stomach pain I have ever felt. I, 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 the pain comes on as I'm having lunch with my friend Sarah, and um, I go back to my room, and I end up calling Sarah, and she opens the door to find me on the bathroom floor. I was in so much pain. It's like the, the, even just the feel of my clothes hurt my skin, everything hurt, but the, the pain was really in my stomach. And so I was wrapped in a towel and I'm crying and she sits with me and she's, you know, asking me questions and rubbing my head. And she suddenly goes, Jess, I'm calling 911. You have lost all color in your face. I was completely white and my hands start to go numb. And then I'm just, I'm in pain and now I'm scared. And someone might be asking, were you tapping? I wasn't. The truth was I was just in so much pain. When you're in that much pain, you can't really think of doing anything. You're just clenching your stomach and, and focusing on your breath. And so the, the paramedics come. By the way, Miami paramedics, because we were in Miami for the wedding, they were incredibly good looking. I thought camera, like a camera crew was going to be following them. Um, I did notice that even though I was in a lot of pain. So, you know, they said to me, it could be your appendix. We should take you in um, and do some tests and see what it is. My, you know, closest friend is walking down the aisle in just a few hours, and I said to them, "Give me an hour. If I don't feel better, I promise that I will, I will um, check myself into the hospital and we'll do some tests." So by that time, by the time they came, I did feel a little bit better. So I, and then that's when I could start doing some tapping and to calm myself. They told me that the reason I had had the tingly feeling in my hands was just that I wasn't breathing properly. I was in so much pain. It was restricting my breathing, and that's what made my hands go numb. So I begin to tap. I call myself. I know that, like, 
I'm, I'm, I'm being responsible. I'm, I'm checking in with myself. I'm making sh- I know that I'll go and check myself into the hospital if it gets worse, but it actually gets better. I pass out. I wake up. I'm actually fine. Um, go to the wedding. I'm exhausted. Beyonce, crazy in love. It's like my favorite song at weddings. It comes on. I don't even dance, which all my friends know I'm basically near death because I'm not dancing to Beyonce at a wedding. But they were, they were supportive, and I just, I just hung out at the table, and I went home early. I, um, I get back to California, and the, I keep getting this pain in my stomach. Not as bad, but I can't figure out what it is. So I drive myself to a doctor, and it was one of those walking clinics. And they checked me out. And they said, we think this is your appendix. You need to go immediately to the emergency room. But the emergency room can't see you for another 30 minutes. But in 30 minutes, they'll, they'll test you. They'll do, um, I think it was a CT scan. So I get into the car. I'm freaked out. I drive myself to the emergency room. I have no family or friends around. I'm by myself in California. And I call Dr. Christian Northrup. Dr. Christian Northrup it wrote the forward to my book. If you don't know who she is, she's an absolute legend. I am. I pinch myself that I even have her number in my cell phone and that I can call her. Um, she was a, um, a practicing doctor for 20 years, and she is just one of the leading voices when it comes to women's health. So I call her, and I don't tell Nick. I don't tell my parents because I don't want to freak anyone out. I just call Dr. Christian Northrup. I'm in the car at the emergency room waiting, and I tell her, they think it's my appendix. I'm really scared. Is there anything that I should know before going in? And she goes through all of the different questions that I need to ask, and she explains to me what they'll be asking me, and she makes me more comfortable with the process. And then in the same breath, she says, do you know that all the pain you have is in your root chakra? And that is your, your root chakra is all about your connection to home and to family. And you've just moved away from your family and you don't, and you just left your home. And she said it and I just burst into tears. That's when you know something's true. When someone says something and you burst into tears, it's because it just struck that chord. And I said, I know, I feel so incredibly lost. And Throughout this entire time of being in California and not feeling good, I was doing a lot of the Hay House World Summit interviews. Hay House does this World Summit every year, and I got to interview just some of the top doctors and therapists and spiritual healers and philosophers. And one of the things I learned was when your body is breaking down like that, instead of judging your body and um, feeling like your body is betraying you, begin to communicate with your body and ask your body, what are you trying to tell me? And that was so important for me in those dark moments to not judge myself. Because for those of you who are in this industry, or even if you're not, but you're someone who just really values being healthy and you always want to be perfect and take care of yourself and you're always reading books and taking seminars, when you feel like you're being so proactive with your health and your well-being and something goes wrong, I feel like we can be even more judgmental. We think to ourselves, well, what did I do wrong? Um, why, you know, what did I do to deserve this? And that's not the question to ask. The question to ask is, what is my body trying to tell me? And my body was tra- telling me to slow down. 
and to stop because I had been pushing myself. I had already felt pressure to write a second book. And my body was telling me, you need to take a pause. And so I'm, so there I am back in the car talking to Christian Northrup, crying, um, trying to communicate with my body. I go in. I do the scan. It's not my appendix. They still don't know what it is. Um, they do find a small kidney stone. I'm being like, <laughs> I'm like sharing so much, but my body, like, it's like, I've never been sick. I'm never sick. I'm such a healthy person. And now all of a sudden it's like, it felt like I'm, everything was going wrong. So I, so I start to just, um, I go on like Dr. Schultz is this great brand that does things for kidney stones. So I do this cleanse for that. I don't know where the stomach pain is coming from. I go to um, a gynecologist. I find out that the pain that I had in Miami was a burst ovarian cyst. Didn't even know that even existed, but it's supposedly very common. And uh, that's what happened in the wedding. And then I had more stomach pain after that. So I just, it's like my whole body was breaking down. I don't know what was going on. And it was, it was scary because in those moments you really want the diagnosis. You want someone to tell you exactly what's wrong so you can fix it. And it seemed like there were so many different things going wrong, but none of them were really clear. None of them really made much sense. And so I did a, um, you know, when it comes to any disease in the body, having a low inflammatory diet is so important. And so I, um, just cut out all alcohol, I cut out all grains, and I cut out all sugar. And um, I started to drink a lot of bone broths, which are incredibly healing. I have to say, I have done, you know, I do green juices and all those things. There's a lot of attention now around bone broths. A lot of people are talking about it. It made such a massive difference in my gut when I began to have bone broth. So I started to slowly get better. But it took a really long time. It wasn't like, Suddenly I, you know, got on a healthier, you know, this kind of strict plan to recover and in three days I was better and emotionally or physically. It was a long process. You know, I did a lot of meditating. I did a lot of tapping and I binge watched um, Downton Abbey (laughs) like by myself in California. And, um, And so, you know, one of the hardest things that I dealt with was being in California recovering, trying to take care of myself, not feeling completely happy and thinking to myself, I'm here because I decided to be here because my intuition told me to come to California. So the question pops up, was my intuition wrong? Did I do something wrong? Is this, are things going badly because I did something wrong? And when those questions come up, I stop myself and I remind myself that again, no, there's no wrong when it comes to life. It's all about trusting life. And that is a affirmation that Louise Hay shared with me. One time she saw me running around with camera equipment, seeming all nervous, and she just stopped me and she said, Jessica, trust life. And so I held on to that. And I kept saying to myself as I was feeling so sick and didn't really know the way out and didn't really know what the answer was, I just kept saying to myself, trust the process and that this is a birthing process, that this I'm going through something right now, but I don't need to judge it or even try to fix it or push it down, but simply be with the feeling and to meditate and to tap and to take care of myself without expecting myself to 
be perfect and to get through it so quickly and to remind myself to be gentle on myself. All things that I teach in my book and in my lectures, but it's a whole different level when you have to do it yourself. It's definitely easier said than done. And the best advice I can give is just to continuously go to that thought. Just keep saying those things to yourself. Keep trusting life. So when I first moved to California, I did, I did know one friend. I did meet one friend. And uh, I was single. I've been single at the time. And we decided that we were going to go on one day a week. Um, that way it was just fun and light and not date with like the expectation of meeting someone, but for the practice of of dating. And I actually read this great book called If the Buddha Dated that I recommend. And I, I, I look at dating or I looked at dating as like a spiritual practice that it didn't have to be an outcome, but it was an opportunity to be present with someone and to learn about someone. So anyway, I stopped dating because I had the strict diet and, and I wasn't sure. But as I began to feel better, I started to kind of think, oh, maybe, maybe I should go on some dates. And um, I was on Tinder, which I recommend Tinder. Like I'm laughing at myself to say that I was doing online dating because there's still like a little bit of a stigma around it. But Tinder is the closest thing to say walking into a bar, seeing someone that you think is attractive, them seeing you and them saying hi and you starting a conversation. Like it's not like a long profile where you have to just like say everything about yourself or you need to read pages about them and judge them. It's more about is there immediate attraction? Oh, there kind of is. Let's start messaging each other on this app and it only connects you with people in the neighborhood. So it's a great way just to find out who in your neighborhood is single. So I highly recommend it. I'm a massive Tinder fan. So I go, this is like such a long story. I hope you guys are enjoying, <laughs> enjoying this. This is the juicy romantic part, which leads me to living in a house right now and recording this with an ocean view. So uh, I'm ignoring my Tinder, and but I'm getting some messages from some old matches. And I have this person who sent me three messages a month apart. Um, he had Tinder. He messaged me. I never responded. He was using the app. Didn't really like it. Deleted it. Then a friend was like, you should go back on it again. Got back on it again. My face popped up because I was his last match. I had written that I was born in Argentina. And so he just writes to me in Spanish and he goes, I'm from Argentina. Um, and basically his intention was he moved here to America two years ago and he just wanted to meet someone like someone from Argentina. He even says, like, when we went on the date, he really had no expectation that it would be anything. He just was um, interested in the fact that I was from Argentina, too, and that maybe we'd have something to talk about. And the reason that neither of us had expectations was my plan, because I was so miserable in California, was to go back to the East Coast. And he was moving five hours north. And so neither of us had any expectation that anything would happen. And uh, I end up falling <laughs> madly in love with him um, and very quickly. He fell in love with me first. I fought it, you know, in the beginning. I had all these judgments um, and I, I thought he was nice, but he's kind of a quieter type. And I thought to myself, well, I don't know, like this guy, it's not like he's into tapping. Um, he doesn't read self-help books. And I, I was like, is he spiritual enough? Am I going to be able to talk the way I like to talk with him? And I had just 
these judgments and I just kind of let them go and decided that my only intention was to get to know him better. And as I did that, I just discovered that this man has an ocean of depth to him. And I've been able to connect with him in a level that I've never been able to connect with anyone else. And he, he feels like home. He feels easy. And I'm so incredibly uh, in love, but also incredibly grounded. And I feel really centered and, and comfortable with myself and comfortable in the relationship. And um, when I met him, it was kind of like, oh, okay, intuition. This is why you told me to move to California. I just had to be a little bit more patient. And I'm happy that I was patient. And the incredible thing is when I got to, as we began to date, I was just so happy and I was feeling so good that all of the problems, all the health stuff I had just went away. I mean, I feel, I feel fit. I feel healthy. I feel great. And it was just another reminder that you can be eating right and exercising and taking care of yourself. But if there is, if you're going through something emotional, your body lets you know. And it's not a bad thing. I'm not mad that my body got so sick. I got sick because my body was trying to tell me to slow down. And if I didn't slow down, maybe I wouldn't have met him. Maybe I wouldn't have made, you know, other decisions. And maybe I would have made decisions that weren't good for me because I didn't slow down. And so, you know, the biggest thing is that I hope that the reason that I, that I share this story is that if you are dealing with any physical challenge, be kind to yourself. Like, I know it. I can cry thinking about it. I know it's so hard. It's so hard, and it can be so frustrating, and especially when you feel like you're doing everything right. But if you let go of the need to fix it, and you begin to love and accept where you are, and you remind yourself that you are being taken care of by something that is so much greater than you, and if you can begin to simply trust life, the journey becomes so much easier and you can have moments of calm within that storm. And when you don't feel calm within that storm, go back to the thought of every single storm passes. There's a, not a single storm that lasts forever. So here I am <laughs> in this beautiful house. So we're living together, which is so soon uh, after knowing each other. Uh, he had to move. And I had to make a decision as to whether to um, move with him or not. And again, wasn't the easiest decision, to be completely honest, because we're living in a very, very small town in the middle of nowhere, central California. It is so hard for me get, to get to the airport, and I have to travel so much for work. So it's such a pain. But this house is so beautiful, and I am so happy. And, you know, this is where we are right now. I don't know if we'll be here forever. But... I think it's such a great opportunity for us to be secluded and to build our relationship and to get to know each other. And it's absolutely terrifying when you decide to take a chance like this. But one of the things that I, that really was the deciding factor that kind of made me go, okay, I can do this, was just the thought of, of being resilient. You know, I feel like I've been through so much in my life. I know you have as well. I feel like, you know, with age we grow and... Um, I thought to myself, if this completely blows up in my face, I'm going to be okay. And if this completely blows up in my face, even after I recorded a podcast and told everyone how in love I am, I'm going to be okay because I have my own back, because I'm going to be my own friend. 
And no matter what happens, I'm going to fall on my feet. And that thought is a thought that carries me, and it gives me the freedom to jump into something that is extraordinary because anything that's really great in life is just a little bit scary because greatness is outside of our comfort zone. So, yes, I'm a little bit scared. I'm very excited. I'm incredibly in love, and I'm healthy, finally. So that is why I have disappeared, and you've not heard from me um, very often. I will mention that the podcast launched while I was struggling in California because uh, I think Nick was forcing me to do this podcast to kind of get me out of my funk because he knew it was something that I've always wanted to do. I always wanted to have the freedom to communicate with my audience in any way that I wanted, and I always wanted to be able to do interviews, um, you know, the way that I'm doing on the podcast. So it, it is a dream, and I'm so happy that he kind of gave me that big kick in the butt just to get started. So that is my story. I am sending you all so much love. I hope that you found that valuable. If you did, let me know. I've got very personal here. So um, let me know on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash following Jessica Ortner. Um, you can also comment. A lot of you guys have been leaving reviews on iTunes, and it's incredibly helpful. Uh, so thank you so much. If you haven't left a review and you want to, I would so appreciate it. And in the next coming weeks, we have so many exciting things. We have Mario Martinez Mario Martinez, Google that name, get excited. This man is phenomenal. He talks all about how our emotions impact our body, but also how our culture impacts our body. It is going to be a fascinating conversation. So make sure to, to subscribe to this podcast so you can listen to that interview in the very near future and you can listen to all the other interviews, share it with friends. Um, and I think that's it, everyone. I'm sending you so much love. Take care and I'll see you next time.